Blog Talk Radio. Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts, Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. We've got to fight the powers that be. Thank you for that sexy introduction, Rob. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this special Black History Month episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com, live from the Papa John Studios. Support for the show is also provided in part by Bose noise-canceling headphones. Turn down the world around you and choose the acoustic noise-canceling headphones that best fit your needs at Bose.com. Greetings, welcome, salutations, all the balkaholics, all the Gerzak and addicts gathered around their iPods tonight. I'm your host, the slightly above average Eric. Balkman. My co-host is, of course, the original Dizzle, Dave Gerzak. Coming up on tonight's show, we'll talk about some surprising measurables from a couple of the rookie tight ends of the Combine today, and we'll also take a look back at how the wide receivers finished in 2014. Plus, we continue Black History Month on the show as 2009 WCOF $300,000 champ and our good friend Jason Kahn drops by to talk about the sorry state his beloved Browns are in, as well as his thoughts on what Black History Month means to him. Dave, uh, what does Black History Month mean to you? Uh, you Probably know, not much, right? Not as much as it does to other people. I got, I got to admit. Right. But you know, I've I've watched a bunch of uh, Dave Chappelle videos lately. I hung out with a black <laughs> dude the other night at the sports book. Right. It was all cool. Which, man. yeah, I mean, we should. We you you just got back into uh, Northeast Wisconsin today. You were out at a trade show in uh, Las Vegas for uh, your day job, and that was a fun week for you, huh? Yeah, it was good. Really yeah, good. and I'm sure you love coming home to this. Lovely, balmy, zero degree, lot of snow weather. It's fantastic. I love it. Yeah, one degrees. I actually had to drive up from Milwaukee, two hours. Did it minutes. take you a long time to get back up? It really, the roads weren't bad actually, so it was pretty good. So um, it did. It was snowier here. Right. Well, we're we're damn glad to have you back. I'm glad to be here, Balky. Right. Let's well, rock it out. We get the combine this weekend. This is exciting stuff. Yeah, combine started this week with the measurables. We uh, we had the tight ends and the linemen uh, running and doing stuff today. So we'll talk a little bit about that. Um, shout out to the chat room right now. If you guys want to post any questions in there, uh, you can do so. If you want to connect with us on Twitter, you can do so at HSFF Hour, at Eric Balkman, at David Gerzak. And uh, you can also add the HSFF hashtag to your tweets this evening as well. You can post on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash the high stakes fantasy football hour. Uh, if you want to chime in and talk with us, give us a call at 347-426-3682. That's 347-GAME-OVA. Uh, high stakes fantasy football at gmail.com is the FedEx inbox. Our producer, mutual friend Rob, as well as our um, audio engineer Bryce, will be getting those questions to us throughout the evening uh, today. Um, <clears throat> we uh, we want to talk a little bit about just what what's going on with the FFPC right now. Just at the at the top of the show. Uh, Oh, Con, Con's coming in early. Yeah, he is. We're gonna we have Jason Con coming up in just a couple take, of minutes. Take it here. easy, cowboy. We'll get you on soon. We have um, drafts going on right now. You can so well, first of all, you can sign up for the main event. The early bird special is going on. If you sign up now uh, with a two hundred dollar deposit, you're already entered in the pros versus Joe's draft. Uh, you get to compete against seventeen other Joe's, eighteen pros for main event spots in 2016. Uh, we'll be broadcasting those. No, I think it's, it's thirty six. Did you say seventeen and eighteen? Yeah, isn't that thirty five? It's 36, 30, 36 per side. 36 pros. Oh, really? Shows. Yeah, oh, six, my God. Well, I screwed weeks. up the FFPC email then unless I took that that part out. Well, that's okay. All right. I obviously didn't prove it very well. <laughs> anyway, so there you go. Dave Gerzak doubling your chances on air tonight. Six leagues, boss. So sign up for the main event now. Get that taken care of. And then you can also sign up for some draft experts. Uh, 77, excuse me, $35, $77, and $250 
um, draft experts going on right now. And I don't know if you noticed, but if you follow the FFPC on Twitter at FFPC or, or you, you're friends with or you, you like the page on Facebook for the FFPC, uh, somebody, I don't know who, has been posting you know, the top two or three rounds, maybe it's been you, Dave, but the top two or three rounds of some of these DEs going on. So you can actually see oh. where players are getting taken. And not, not me, not me. Okay. Well, I don't know who it is, but it's somebody. And we can, I, I think, cause we have this, our season finale coming up in a couple of weeks and then we'll have our season premiere. I thought it'd be cool in the season premiere to actually just go over some of those, those yeah. first few rounds. Sounds and good. We'll talk about that. Uh, so that's going to be very exciting. We have coming up, but uh, let's bring in tonight's guest right away. Um, we, we, uh, can't wait to have him on. He can't wait to come on. His accomplishments include, uh, taking third in the 2010 WCOF platinum league, as well as two top five finishes in the Kentucky fantasy football players championship. His greatest claim to fame obviously was beating all challengers in the 2009 WCOF main event, pocketing a cool $300,000. Please welcome back onto the high stakes fantasy football hour, Mr. Jason Kahn. Jason, do you still have any of that $300,000 left from 2009? Nope, all gone, all gone. <laughs> but you had fun spending it, at least, though, right? Well, first of all, I did have to split split it ten ways. Uh, there was ten of us that invested in the team, so right off the rip, my cut was uh, a little short, and then uh, gave it all to my wife just to just to ensure that I would have carte blanche to Vegas for high stakes fantasy for the rest of my life. Smooth, smooth move, baby. That is smooth and, and yeah, smart. Yeah. And, I, and now... I, I think long term. I think big picture. <laughs> That's what it's all about. Jason, we, we've had you on the show. Actually, I was looking back. Jason was like our like our fourth or fifth ever guest on the show, Dave. Really? Yeah, it was something like that it, really? back in 2012. So, But it's been a few years, so refresh all of our listeners out there. When you're not playing fantasy football, uh, uh, what, uh, what you're doing for a living? Um, well, I, I work for a family business. Uh, it's a metal coating business here in Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, we paint high-volume automotive brackets, stampings. Uh, and things like that. Uh, that's what I do for work. Uh, I don't know. When I'm not thinking fantasy, I love traveling, and I'm a bit of a runner. So, wait, get out there and hit the road. I heard you were in uh, in sunny Naples, Florida, last week. How how was that? Yeah, I did about the whitest thing you can do in uh, in the winter time. <laughs> it was negative 25 here in Cleveland, and uh, my mom got a three month rental in Naples. Like, want to come down Sunday Day weekend? I'm like, done. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, so you went to the Tommy Bahama store, you got all decked out in the tropical gear, and you were walking around with a goofy white hat? Yeah, I tell you what, I fell in love with it. I actually, I, I hung up on the pool, and I could just listen to old people talk for hours. It was like, where am I going to go eat? Where did you eat? Where are we going to eat? And, like, that's for hours. And, like, you look in their, like, little rec room, there's old ladies playing Mahjong. I'm like, I am sold. I'm, I'm moving to Naples. Pretty, it's pretty nice. It's laid back, baby. That's really it's cool. That's like you have the early birds. You know, early yeah. birds. That's the busiest time of the day. Yeah, and anytime yeah. after six o'clock p.m., you have the rule of the roost in Naples. <laughs> Everyone else is asleep. It's just me, catting around. <laughs> so, Jason, you played in both the FFPC and Kentucky with us last year. I didn't play in FFPC, of course. Um, but tell us a little bit about how your uh, 2014 season shook out. Uh, I actually had a really good regular season, like across the board, in all my teams. And just just fell flat towards the playoff run. It's like if the fantasy football season was ten or eleven weeks long, I would have probably won like eighty percent of my leagues. But I don't know. I had Peyton Manning luck on a bunch of teams, and they just faded down the stretch. And you know, I was lucky to to hold on to whatever money I did make. But I had a great regular season, and just didn't have the push for the playoffs. I want to, uh, you know, it, it just kind of jump in the fantasy analysis conversation because you're obviously an accomplished drafter. You're an accomplished uh, manager of your teams. You've done very, very well. Uh, one of the guys that I think is going to be interesting as we look forward to 2015 is Lamar Miller. Do you think the Dolphins are going to go out and get – I mean, to me, they're going to go out and get another running back. I think that's clear. But is that running back going to be a similar talent to Lamar Miller where they're, they're going to compete for the starting job there? Or do you think it's going to be more of a compliment – uh, to uh, to what Lamar Miller already does well, and Miller will be obviously the lead dog, and this other guy, if they draft him, if they sign him, is strictly going to be third down, change of pace. What do you think for – what's your projection for Lamar Miller coming up this year? Uh, I, I actually loved Lamar Miller last year. He was one of my sleepers that I kind of liked and had on a, a bunch of teams where I could grab him. Um, I, but for whatever reason, I think Miami doesn't feel comfortable with him. It, I mean, it seems like they wanted someone else to come in and take the job. No one ever did. Lamar – excelled in what he, I mean, he had a fantastic year. 
I feel like Miami would love for Damian Williams to be the guy or, or even go out in the film field he is. I, I could see them go draft someone, and I think they would go a different direction. But I like Lamar Miller if he's, if he's not going too high to be drafted to, to sit back and, and grab him, especially if some of these other guys are, are coming in and there's talk of, of, of split roles. And uh, it seems like Lamar Miller does nothing but take the opportunity he has and make the most of it. You know, Damian Williams is interesting, Buck. You remember we talked about him last yeah, year yeah. and how he had that fantastic 40 time. He was undrafted. Was he undrafted or seventh round? Undrafted. I thought he was undrafted. Undrafted. He's got kicked yeah, up. Yeah, he was undrafted. Yeah, and he was, you know, he's, he's got the size and he's got the speed. He didn't have the greatest agility, but um, I think he's got some potential. Yeah, I think he does too. And I and I think Jason's right. That's a great point. You know, it seems like Miami has always, you know, maybe if Lamar Miller is the guy, we'll never know because it seems like they're always – making an excuse to try to go out and find somebody who could be uh, the guy over Miller. You know, we saw the Moreno signing last year, which was kind of weird. And then he obviously got hurt and Lamar Miller, uh, you know, really took control of that job and and finished very well uh, in the standings last year. So I think Miller is the type of guy that if you, if you want him on your team, you're kind of rooting for Miami not to do, not to make any big waves at the running back position and uh, hopefully he's that uh, 1A back in that backfield. And you like Tannehill, Dave. We talked about the ascending you know, Miami offense, and, and maybe Lamar Miller is going to ascend along with it too. He did once before when, when, <laughs> when, he, was the, when he was the ascendant. We didn't call him this, this past year. Right. He, he, did, you know, what, he was like RB9, RB12. Somewhere around there. Yeah, low-end RB1. Which, I mean, against crappy number. I mean, like those running backs, I can't believe how bad they dropped off after like the top three or four. Yeah, we talked about that on the show last week. Just really, really bad running back depth. All right, Con, what is going on with the Browns? We got to talk about this. Josh Gordon suspended for the year. Manziel's in rehab. Jordan Cameron is, you know, he's obviously just trying to sail off into the sunset somewhere else. What do you think? Are there any fantasy prospects from the hometown team that we can get our listeners, myself, you, Bulky, interested in? Uh, probably not. I mean, the Browns are a train wreck. Uh, I, I'm embarrassed to say I'm a Browns fan right now. It's really that bad. I mean, Ownership, the GM, I mean, just crazy stuff happening. Um, Cameron's probably gone. He's a Cali kind of guy anyway. Gordon definitely gone. Manziel, who knows? I would think that they try to commit to the run. And I like Crowell. I liked West. Uh, I think both of them could have value um, if they don't decide to just bounce back and forth and do the hot hand and maybe split the carries. I think there could be a tandem that you could kind of ride. You know, I mean, you're not wasting an early draft pick on them by any stretch, but. I think the Browns will make a concerted effort to take the pressure off the quarterback and just run the ball. I mean, when healthy, they have the, one of the best offensive lines in the in the league. So I think they just commit themselves to that. J- J- Jason, we'll have to. I mean, ADP will uh, you know sort of start shaking itself out late July, early August. But assuming right now, for the sake of this argument, that you can only have one of those Browns running backs, like if they're both going in the ninth round or eighth round or whatever it is, or even higher, who knows. And you can only have either West or Kroll. Which uh, which guy are you taking? I think West was the highly more highly touted coming in, so I think the Browns are more invested in him. I hear he's working out and he's kind of rededicated himself. So I think I think you get West later in the draft, and I think he's the one that could just take it over. Because so I think going into the season last year, he had the head start on on Crowell, and then Crowell kind of came out of nowhere and kind of seized it. So I kind of like West better than Crowell. Talking with uh, 2009 WCOF world champion Jason Kahn on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. And now it's the time of the program where I sneak in a question about one of the guys on my Blake Carrington Dynasty League to get the <laughs> feel of what the uh, high stakes community is on them and uh, nice find job. out what I should be doing. Thank this you very much. Very one of the guys that I think that could be a sneaky pick and redraft in 2015, Jason, is Brian Quick from the Rams. He's obviously coming off an injury. It sounds like he's fully, I mean, he's going to be fully healed if he's not already for sure by the time the season starts. Do you think he's a good sleeper late in the draft? Um, or was his success just simply from too small of a sample size to get really excited about him? Uh, I, I think it was a very small sample size, but he was really good in that short span. Um, it's it's way too early to tell, but I mean, people keep talking about it. You never know. I mean, if all of a sudden he's this year's Brandon Cooks and he's going in the sixth round, I guess he's not really much of a sleeper anymore. Um, I like I like Tavon Austin. I think St. Louis is silly not to try to utilize him more. Stedman Bailey looked really well at times last year. So I think there's going to be a lot of competition there to, to get balls, and I don't know who's going to come back. But I think Bradford comes back, and I think he, with a little bit of stability at quarterback, 
um, uh, any of those guys could emerge. So I, I just don't know. I think it makes me like Trey Mason more. I liked what he did. And I think uh, having some wide receiver threats actually make his game uh, a lot better than what he was uh, facing last year. Hey, Jason, follow up to that. I, I, I'm assuming you saw this. Maybe you haven't. I'm, I'm not sure. But I saw a report today that, um, and, and man, I don't have it in front of me who the source was, but there was a rumor that the Browns were going to be going after Sam Bradford as their quarterback to try to get him on the team. Uh, do you think that there is any truth to that, knowing what you know about the Browns organization? And would you be in favor of Sam Bradford being the starting quarterback for your Cleveland yeah. Browns in 2015? Yeah, I, I did hear that, and I heard it was for the, the 19th pick, which I think is ludicrous. Um, I was willing to take Sam Brad. I, I was willing to take Sam Bradford as a free agent and just sign him for whatever he's worth. Like he needs a cheap uh, quarterback with an injury risk, not knowing what his value was. Uh, I think there's a lot of upside with him, but I'm not giving away any picks. I'll give a third rounder, maybe. I, I, mean, I, I don't buy into that. Bradford, if they're willing to take on Bradford, this is the last year of his rookie contract. I believe so. So yeah. if you trade Bradford, you have to take on that huge contract mm -hmm. for one year. It's kind of like in the NBA, right, Balky, a little bit, where they, yeah. they, they you know. So I but, think, I mean, it's more ludicrous than the NBA. So, I mean, I th I'm giving up, like, a fifth or something like that. It's like, look, we'll take on, like, $15 million or whatever your nutso salary yeah. is for this guy who's an expiring free agent and then hope to resign him. I think that's the, that's the play. I don't know. You're not yeah. – first. that's ridiculous. First-round pick. Yeah. It is. Yeah, give me, it's give Kevin Costner, yeah, the GM there. <laughs> <laughs> well, remember, in draft day, guys, the dumb GM was on the Jaguars, not on the – We're going to give you our 2015, 2016, and 2017 <laughs> second rounder for Sam Brett. Hey, Jason, let me ask you this. Would you rather have um, your current GM or Kevin Costner <laughs> run, running the Browns? Speechless. Did we lose Jason? Paging Mr. Khan. <laughs> we might have lost him. No, it, just, it sounds like he's underwater. Jason, are you with us? Yeah, you still there? Yeah, yeah. we got you. All right, so okay, oh, speaking of underwater, this is one of my questions I have. Black History Month. Oh yeah, we're gonna get into the racial stuff now. I'm gonna ask you a couple of black questions because I don't. I'm white. I live with you know 98 white people in Upper Wisconsin. Black people do they not like water and swimming? That's like a common prejudice stereotype. What what's the word on that? Uh, well, I'm gonna preface this by saying I'm half black, half white. I'm biracial, <laughs> so I, don't know, I might be the wrong wrong person to be asking, but uh, I would say it's partly true, only because. Um, it's a socioeconomic thing where, you know, a lot of black people don't have access to pools a lot of the times. So, so yeah, I mean, I don't, swimming? I think, no, they I think a bit not, of it's right. Oh, they're not acclimated. Yeah. They don't go for the swimming team. Right. All right. So here, yeah. these are more about, this is another, two more questions. I know these are dumb, but that's all right. Like it's actually kind of the same thing, but it's like, from what I've always heard, black people hate snakes. And then they hate spiders too. Is this true? Is this the thing that affects? Not that white people don't, but I mean, it seems to me like yeah, I hate both those. Like things. you know, what what I've heard, you know, black people's like you see a spider, like damn, you know, you don't like the spider. What what's the word on that? I, again, you're asking the wrong person. I was an entomology major in, in college, so I got my oh, degree. In, I got my no degree in insects and related arthropods. So I, I've I've grown up with tarantulas, centipedes, uh, all kinds of. Two spotted asking uh, assassin bugs, so I, I'm the wrong person to be asking there. All right, so he's totally cool. With it. All so right. all right, stereotype debunked. Debunked. That's yeah, what we're doing on the show. <laughs> Breaking down walls, baby. Mythbusters. <laughs> right, it's a real question. Back on your big win in 2009, what did you learn that you're winning a six-figure prize that has helped you um, continue your success over the years? I think that the best thing to come to grips with is like these in these high stakes fantasy leagues. First, you're going against the best in the world, but you really need to just draft to win your league, and then it's a crapshoot to win it all. So, you know, you can't predict what your teams are really going to do in the playoff stretch. So, draft to, to win your league, and and then whatever happens after that, you take your puncher's chance. Um, and 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 something that maybe most people don't know, or, you know, the reason you see the same big names or the same re recurring names up at the top. Yeah, they get five, they get three, they get seven teams. So, you know, you got to give yourself multiple shots, do multiple different things, some multiple different draft spots, uh, just so you have access to all the players that you might want. So, um, I, yeah, I totally yeah. agree. You need to buy tons of teams with the FFPC. Tons of them. 
<laughs> and I'll just take this uh, opportunity to mention that there is a discount on multiple teams right now. If you do sign up for those main event squads, you can get a, what is it? A hundred dollars off the second one, Dave. Yeah, I, just, I, I just got your, uh, I just got your guys email today and uh, I shot a, a text off to Chris and I uh, told her, uh, give me two off the rip and I might come shooting with the third. So there you go, there you go man. And you're talking, uh, we're talking with a, a former world champ here, people. So he knows what he's doing. <laughs> All right, shameless plugs over. Shameless plugs over. <laughs> talking with Jason Kahn, the 20, uh, 2009 uh, WCOF world champion. And, and Jason, uh, let's uh, let's dip right back into our Black History Month questions here. The uh, FSCA conference that uh, took place in Las Vegas a few weeks ago, Dave attended. And uh, there was a, a study done there that not a lot of women and not a lot of black men play play, uh, play fantasy football. Why do you think that is? And if you um, knew somebody who happened to run a national high stakes contest, how would you try to get more black guys involved in your game? Well, I, I think the first uh, thing you're fighting is fantasy is dorky. <laughs> so you've... you've <laughs> So you're fighting that. I mean, so, um, so, so black you know, people are cool, and they don't want to play yeah. fantasy because it's dorky, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. you know your demographic. It's it's middle class, it's middle age, and it's white guys. Like that's your yeah. demographic. You, you know what it is. But, yeah, usually a little fat, not you know, not not that cool. Yeah, I mean, yeah. They, wearing they, jeans with the white sneakers, like the you know the old converse, not the not even the all stars. Right. But the online commissioners, those are the true beefcakes of the <laughs> high-stakes fantasy world. Those, those are – I mean, you want to talk we, about – We only hire the hotties. Right, exactly. The, the Adonises where you'll never see my face. So I just tell you that I'm a very attractive man. And you know what? My wife would agree. And I'm not rolling that pick back, so sorry. Yeah, exactly. All right, sorry. Um, so, but but I think that's interesting that that we bring that up. We're gonna have. I'm gonna. I'll talk about who next week's guest is uh, at the end of the show. But he's of the belief that uh, black. There's a ton of black guys that play uh, fantasy football, and he'll tell us about it then. But I think that there's sort of a dichotomy out there. Like which side is which side is correct? We'll have to find out. <laughs> so tease for next week. Anyway, right. go ahead, Dave. Oh, do I have a question? Yes, you have a question. All right. Oh, Jason. Oh, here we go. At one point or another in our lives, we've all had a, you know, I didn't even read this question before I started reading it. So yeah. I, I didn't. Do you want me to do it? No, I can sorry. do it. All right. Good. We've all had a run in with the cops, Dave and I included, or is it me and Dave? Oh, sorry. Yeah. It's me and Dave. Me and Dave included. So me and Balky included. Do you feel you were ever un unfairly profiled at all by the police in your life? You know, to be fair, you were, you know, you're kind of a light skinned half brother, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which means that I, I, I really don't think I have, um, you know, I kind of grew up in a middle-class uh, neighborhood. I mean, my city I grew up in was 50% black, so it was a very culturally diverse uh, city, but um, never by the police, but um, I, I have been um, racially profiled. Uh, I was on a, a Middle East trip in uh, 1997. I was doing three weeks in, like, Israel, Jordan, and Egypt, and I was crossing across the Allenby Land Bridge, which connects Jordan to Israel. And I was probably like 30, 30 deep in line to go through what would be customs, kind of, to cross the border. And uh, these Israeli soldiers literally made a beeline right for me, pulled me from way back in line, brought me into a room, and, and started rifling through my big-ass bag. Because I was there for, this was before, like, 50-pound max limit. So I had this huge thing. I just called the International Traveler. It was like 90 pounds, and, you know, it wouldn't even fit in your trunk of your car and so they started rifling through it and started speaking to me in Arabic and all kinds of stuff and, and I was like oh time out I'm American I, I, I don't understand what you're saying and, and after a couple of minutes they kind of realized that wasn't really anything but I guess I kind of stepped out because I looked kind of dark skinned and looked kind of Arab I guess and but wasn't dressing the part so it looked like I was looked kind of I stuck out so I, I, I got a profile there but <laughs> is that what they thought that you might have had the big suicide bomb yeah yeah a dirty bomb yeah <laughs> dirty bomb baby that's it's crazy it's almost worse for light-skinned black guys because they look arabs like like arabs and 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 middle east and i think like especially in the culture we live in right now that's like totally taboo hey jason let me yeah. tell you a story jason you know kurt our buddy kurt right yeah absolutely so he used to have a mustache and he's italian right and he's he's a, he gets really tan so he actually he went to mexico this a number of years ago he went to mexico and uh, he was coming back across the border, and he was all super tan. And they totally stopped him at the border, thinking he was trying to cross. And he was <laughs> I never heard this. Story. Oh yeah, <laughs> and he gets super mad. To bring it up. So 
so that he think you know I was saying he's Mexican. So make sure you bring that up to him next. Time. We're coming to America. <laughs> yeah, no, that's my favorite part of that that movie. We're coming to America. We have uh, I Jason. You, I, th I thought you said he, I thought you said he could get profiled as a pedophile with that porn star mustache. <laughs> well, it's a double-edged sword. He's got away with that. Kurt. Yeah, it's 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 a tough life. Uh, 2009 WCOF World Champ Jason Kahn on the show for Black History Month uh, on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour tonight. Jason, we have a uh, couple of emails I'm going to read for you from some listeners. This first one's in, uh, from Bruce in Portland, Pennsylvania. If you were a betting man, where do you think Adrian Peterson ends up playing next year or this year, I guess it would be? And where do you think his fantasy value would be highest if he lands there? Thanks, man. That's in Portland, PA. So obviously, Adrian Peterson. Uh, obligated to go to the Vikings, but he's got a big cap number there. And obviously with so many teams that could be in the market for a running back, think about Dallas, Seattle, if, if Lynch retires, um, maybe San Francisco, um, the, the Atlanta Falcons. There's a lot of different places that Peterson could go. Where do you think he's going to end up? And if you were going to draft him in fantasy, where would you hope he ends up? I think he stays in uh, Minnesota. I, I, I really do. I, I know there was that thing that went around with Dallas, but I think they find a way to get it done with uh, Des Bryant and, and DeMarco Murray, so I don't think there's really a spot for him there. Um, and, and I think he represents great value at the end of the first round or early second. I, I, I really do, especially if he stays, stays there and is, is, is given the lead-back role. I think no one works harder than Adrian Peterson. I mean, he's had his off-the-field uh, whatever happened. But, um, I mean, I actually picked him up w when people dropped him in, in various leagues last year thinking he'd get a shake back and would just come back mad as hell and just run ripshaw over everybody. But uh, I think he'll come back determined to, to show he's not, you know, he's still the same guy he was. And I, I think it's going to be amazing. Some of those leagues that uh, Jason picked Peterson up outbid me in, in those very same because I had this, I was taking the same idea yeah. and I'm like, Oh man, con got him here too. <laughs> just, I just needed a bit more. Um, Dave, yeah. Chester, Chesterton, uh, Indiana, Chesterton, Indiana, Dave, are you watching the combine? And if so, is there anything you're looking for that you will be filing away when it comes time to draft rookies in August? Let me interject quick. Yeah. I, I was just watching the tight ends catch passes. Right. They all suck. It, they, it was pretty bad. They, really, have, they can't. We do have the combine going on here in the Papa John studios. Yeah. And I'm telling you, man, it was awful. <laughs> I mean, just hands of stone. Yeah. Right, Andrew, so moving on. These, these guys made Andrew Corliss look like Tony Gonzalez. Yeah, exactly. It was terrible. I mean, trade, it, trade for an existing player if you need a tight end. Yeah. Uh, Jason, uh, I don't know if you're watching the combine, uh, uh, but uh, if there's anything you're watching in these this sort of early scouting period um, for NFL rookies, uh, is there anything that you're looking for uh, that, that you're going to remember? Oh, wait a minute. I remember this guy from the combine. I'm, I might have to take him uh, in drafts uh, this fall. No, I really don't pay too much attention to him. I mean, I listen on Sirius. I'll listen to, you know, the, the, the NFL Network and hear what they're talking about. But um, there's so much good information that people make a living um, putting out there and doing all that research for you. You literally can just hop online and get the quick synopsis, the, you know, the, the cliff note version of what happened. So I, I don't feel like you have to uh, really spend that much time yourself in person watching any of that. I mean, that's just right. my you preference. You just download the show, and then you, yeah. you, you get the full – you get everything yeah. you need. Right? In one easy-to-swallow 60-minute bite. <laughs> exactly. And I can listen to shows like yours and hear what you guys have to say. I'm like, oh, yeah, I love Jeff Foreman out of Ohio State. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Absolutely. It's a great minds think alike. Hey, Jason, we have a question from the chat room from the esteemed Dr. Harwood. Yeah, Dr. Harwood checking in tonight. That's awesome. Oh, nice. He's Kentucky in the house. Yeah, <laughs> it's, a, it's a total Kentucky reunion here in, in February on yeah, the show. I know. Man. I feel like playing a little uh, craps right now. Sagging a little. Pull your, sir, can you pull your pants up, please? All right, thank you. Uh, Brian said I, I where that Randall Cobb and Ryan Matthews sign with the Titans. If they go there, how will their stock go up or down? He loves Cobb's chances, but Matthews is washed up. And then he followed up a little bit by saying that um, they say that Mets is the young Roethlisberger. Wow. So it's I three. Know, I don't know who they are. Three-part question. Yeah. Zach Mettenberger uh, and then Randall Cobb and Ryan Matthews if they were Titans. And Kentucky snowed in, so that's why he's listening. And it all yeah. depends upon whatever the Titans do this offseason. That's it's going to depend. That, that's what is going to make Brian Harwood's uh, season ticket decision. So this is <laughs> this is crucial here. All right, right on. I think Randall Cobb immediately almost becomes undraftable. 
<laughs> Zach Mettenberger goes up from my 31st quarterback, maybe up to 27. <laughs> he leapfrogs <he> Gino. <laughs> he beats out Gino. And Bradford. And still behind Manziel. <laughs> yeah, Tennessee is a terrible, terrible, terrible place to go. <laughs> Cleveland QB to be. All right, so, so, so what do you think about Matthews? Ryan Matthews? I don't know. I think uh, I think they drafted Sankey high. I think he's still going to be given a shot to, to keep that job. I don't, I don't know. Uh, Ryan Matthews doesn't seem to stay healthy, and I think Sankey is a little bit of better line play. I mean, they, they invested a, a, a decent pick in them, and why wouldn't they like to see what they have? Matthews would be interesting. I mean, there's so many interesting guys to watch for, for free agent running backs with – you know, Matthews and Forsett and Ingram and, and the guys I already mentioned, Lynch and Murray. It's just, it's, and, and Gore. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see uh, what, uh, what happens with those guys. A uh, final question here for you, uh, Mr. Khan, uh, before we let you go, shifting focus to this season, knowing what we know now at this point in the off season, we're dealing with limited information. I understand that, but you're a world champ. You can handle this. Give us one player that uh, you want to make sure that you get on your team this year. And one player that you are going to stay away from in drafts. Uh, I, I really would like, I think this is the year, but I think Brandon Cooks, I think he stays healthy. I think he becomes a focal point. Um, I know he was like probably a fifth, sixth round pick last year. We'll see where he goes this year, but uh, I think he's wide receiver number one all over the place. Um, wow. WR1 because of just so many targets, right? Yeah. I, yeah I, think I, think still, I think there's so many to go around and I think he's, I think he's going to have a, uh, he's going to have that soft spot where he's getting those short routes and, and he's going he's to make it with volume. Well, the, and the other thing to think about with, with Cook too is uh, with Cooks, if the, Patri- if the Saints do let Ingram go to free agency and they don't really sign anybody and they have Kyrie Robinson and Pierre Thomas, maybe that whole, you know, we're really going to run the ball uh, attitude that they had last year, maybe it shifts back to what it was in 2013 right. and Breeze is slinging it all over the place. That's another thing they could mind too. So. Absolutely. Yeah. We're actually we're using, we're using the short ball. passing routes. Yeah, exactly. Like using, the, using the short passing routes as kind of a, a kind of running game. Yeah. yeah. So give us a guy you don't like, and we're going to have a follow-up question actually. About it's a, yeah. it's a, okay. it's a uh, yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think Peyton Manning's done. I think the end of the year is kind of what he kind of is. I think he's kind of hit the wall. I think his, his body's breaking down, and I, I, I don't think he's really someone that you should be spending a pick on. I assume he's probably going to be fifth, sixth round at this point, and you know, I assume he's going to stay in Denver, but I, I, I would stay away from Peyton Manning. All right. I like that. He's going to be an interesting guy to see where he goes and drafts this year too. Yeah. Because be, some people will just draft him on name only. Right. Forget about that last month of the season where he just looked wretched. Yeah. So we're, we're Eli on producing. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, but that was fun. Those are fun conversations with dad and Cooper. Yeah. I, I'm, I, you know who I'd love to be is Cooper in that scenario, you know, <laughs> listening to those three. I wonder if uh, Cooper got a free Buick, you know, whatever those I'm are. sure Peyton's hooked him up over the years. All right. So here's a question from the chat room Two Packer wanted to know, well, how much did you spend on all those massages last year at Kentucky? You know, are you getting all the in draft right. massages? No, just this no. is the non-happy ending for Right, right. Make, this, make everyone clear. Our, our good friend, the commissioner, Farrell Elliott, had a, a massage a therapist. Not, I don't think you can say masseuse because that has a negative connotation. She was fully dressed. She, yeah, she was. She was just giving table massages, right. like right. You know, I was, I was dressed. Dressed. <laughs> you took your shirt off at one point, didn't you? Yeah, I had some hard to reach right places. <laughs> I, I I don't remember that, but I do. I I ended up. Balky was watching the whole no, time. No, no, no. He was no, taking no. videos with his. I phone. did. I did remember that you and and of course our good friend the real Leroy. I think that those you guys were the two that that probably uh, spent the most with her all weekend. It obviously helped your drafting because you had uh, some good solid drafts. But what, what was the what was the total uh, damage on that massage bill? It was easily about two hundred. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she was sweating. I felt bad for her. It was like three, four hours. She was all sweated up. She had a towel. She had a face towel for herself. Yeah, it's a tough spot she had to get out. It was like it was totally therapeutic. That's nice. So she she worked out all the kinks, and you and you drafted well, right? Yeah, I, I hope she's back next year. I, I I enjoyed it. I felt bad for her because no one else was using her. So you know, I was sharing some teams with people. I was like, hey, you take round three through five. I'll be right back. Get get, get a little quick thirty minute like massage over in the corner. Yeah, I, got, it no, I, got, well. I got a little massage for a while. She was very nice, and uh, it was nice. 
He's a massage. I always feel uncomfortable about that whole thing. Well, it's yeah, he, you feel guilty from the pleasure. He's a massage <laughs> philanthropist. He is a fantasy football uh, demigod, a former world champ, and we're going to see him in Kentucky again in just a few short months. Uh, Jason, so awesome to have you back on the show. This was a lot of fun. Uh, I want to wish you the uh, best of luck with uh, draft season coming up uh, here in uh, June and July. Enjoy the NFL Combine, uh, and uh, we'll we'll see you in August, man. Hey, thanks for having me, guys, and uh, I look forward to it. Look forward to it. Oh, yeah, our timing, this is so unprofessional. Just, Jason, like, thank you. I was just waiting for it. It's like, I look forward to, and yeah. then, yeah. Kicking well, your ass again. Listen, and listen, you guys talk. You're I'll, terrible. I'll just tell you this right now, people. There's a reason that I am doing a show on a Friday night on the internet and not doing real radio. Look, Balky, it's not your fault. If we had high-quality audio here, you would have. We do have high-quality audio now. But not, not incoming. No. Not inbound. Yeah, anyway. So anyway, that was awesome with Jason Kahn to stop by. Uh, Black History Month rolls on. What a great interview. Love. I mean, that guy's – I'll tell you this about Jason Kahn. If there is one person that embodies the the fan, the party atmosphere of live fantasy football drafts, it's that guy. Yeah. I And I was going to bring this up, but I think it was Friday night when we were in Kentucky this past year. I, w- I was just wired. I had way too much caffeine during the drafts, and I was I was looking to party that night, and ended up running into him, and of course A.A. Ron, you know his drafting partner Aaron Leeser, oh, yeah. I think his name is, sure. and uh, Brandon Hockey. We we all hooked up at one of the bars in the casino, and all kind of splintered off, and it was seriously one of the best nights in Kentucky. That sure. was that was when Manderfield took that picture of me, <laughs> yeah. the infamous Kentucky yeah, picture. I that. Yeah, you yeah. were you were gone. And, yeah, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I thought- Moments in time. That's what I. It, it was great. So let's talk. By the way, let me interrupt quick. I'm okay. going to ask the spiders, snakes, and swimming question. Um, yeah, I know he answered it. I appreciate that. But next week, I'm asking it again. Okay, I mean, sounds I good. More, I need more response. I need more of a, a survey, a sample size here. I think you're going to get an interesting response next week. Corey Parson is going to be on with me next week, right? Well, it's, don't. I was waiting. I didn't want to announce that now. I wanted to wait till the end of the show. No one, get, no one's going to stay and listen to see who's coming on late. It's All right, like, that's fine. So Corey and I are going to be on. You're going to be gone. You can reannounce it. Late. So now you have nothing to end. The yeah, show. no, so I just. Are you, yeah, you're going to be able to figure yeah, it out. I'll, I'll do it. That's fine. Yeah, I'll be gone. Corey Parsons taking my place <laughs> next week. I ruined it. I. Ru- Balky's really disappointed right now. Bleacher Reports Jason Cole says that the Browns are going to take a real run at trading for Sam Bradford. We talked a little bit about this uh, with Jason Kahn. Obviously, Josh McCown out there if the Browns want to look elsewhere. Um, I, I got to agree with Jason. Th- that would be ridiculous for Cleveland to give up a first rounder to take Sam Bradford on. It's just awful. You know, they, 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 <laughs> they're the worst organization in pro sports right now. I mean, from the owner to the GM to the coach. I mean, everyone. To the quarterback. Even the Raiders. To the receiver. Even the Raiders are laughing. They're like, <laughs> Hey, dude, check out the Browns. Yeah. You know, they're like, they think they're off. Re- Reggie McKenzie is probably calling Ray Browns <laughs> like, man, you got to get it together. Seriously. <laughs> probably, yeah. You probably. Know? So, I mean, I guess that, you know, maybe they're overselling this potential of getting a first rounder for Bradford. You know, in Bradford, by the way, in my opinion, he looked really good last year in that limited sample size. It was first six, seven yeah. games. You know, you say, yeah, but he was a top no, he, he, he did. Was a he, top 12 quarterback. It, it wasn't a disagreeing word I used. <laughs> it was an agreeing word, but... Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's just it's hard to get excited for Sam Bradford, you know, throwing to whoever in Cleveland. I know there's a lot of rumors that they could sign Cecil Shorts. That doesn't get me excited at all if I'm a Browns fan. Jesse James. Nope, not the bandit. The tight end from Penn State ran a 486 and a 483 in the 40 today. 10 foot one broad jump. Okay. And the reason we bring this up is uh that broad jump was better than Jimmy Graham's. That was better than Rob Gronkowski's. James so is he's me better than those two. James is six foot seven, two hundred sixty one pounds, thirty three inch arms. Uh, second or third round pick, most likely. He looks kind of crappy on that one route. I saw. Wait, think about like remember he's got a cool name, Jesse James. Yeah, he does have a cool name. Yeah. You remember Charles Johnson when we brought him up after the Packers drafted him a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. and he had. I mean, it was Julio Jones like measurables that he had, and now look at him. Uh, uh, Zimmer, Mike Zimmer, the head coach of the Vikings, said he's the best receiver that we've that we've got. And this is a team that used a first round pick on Cordero Patterson and spent a lot of money on Greg Jennings. And this seventh round draft pick that they that was a cast off from the Browns actually via the Packers is now their best receiver. So I think that's a, and remember I'll bring this up in a little bit because we're going to talk about another uh, combine uh, Wunderkind uh, coming up. But um, I, I I. I Jesse James in an FFPC dynasty league where you get a point and a half per catch uh, for tight ends 
is a guy to look out for depending upon where he goes. I think that's a name you want to think of. You know, I will say this. I mean, if he's drafted early enough by a good organization, you know, at that point, you put stock in the draft position and you put stock in the organization. If you get those two things going in his direction, fine. I get it. Max Williams is the number one tight end uh, by many uh, draft necks out there. Uh, he ran a four seven eight at the forty today. He's six foot four, two hundred forty nine pounds. Um, he- Roto World says that he profiles closely to Dennis Pitta. Um, you know, which I mean, overaged. The, the thing is with Max Mormon. Williams, like he, here's the way I look at at him. If you want to take him, first of all, we've already we've already said on this show, and it's been proven time and again, rookie tight ends by and large struggle. Yeah. So from a redraft perspective, Max Williams is not really anybody to consider. Okay. From a dynasty perspective, I feel like this guy's getting so hyped up, especially in FFPC. I feel like whoever drafts him is going to be overdrafting him. You're better off taking a receiver, taking a running back. Here's to- what can I give you, this is what I would do. Yeah. If you were thinking of Max Williams, let's say at the 112, 20, you know, right, right, right. Instead of doing that, try and trade like a late second, early third pick, throw out offers for um Austin Safarian Jenkins, Tyler Eifert. Oh, yeah. Ebron, maybe. Eric Ebron. Ebron. Ebron might command a higher price, but Safarian Jenkins, he was dinged up. He's actually a high ceiling guy. Uh, Eifert, he's, you know, he's been hurt the first few years. You might be able to get him for a late second, no mm-hmm. big deal. And then spend that spend that pick on like a running back or receiver. Don't spend it on this. And these guys are getting ready to possibly break out right. second and third year. What about Tyler Eifert? Yeah, I, I, think, I, I like him a lot, actually. Yeah. And um, even Amaro, to a lesser extent, you, you could probably get Amaro for a, like early third. You know, it's like, why right. not give the guy a shot? I don't really like him as much necessarily, but. Yeah, I don't either. But I think that's just Jetsitis. You know, Jetsitis. Just... And plus, he was a high volume guy. So I don't know. Oh, like yeah. Good guy. point. Yep. ESPN.com is reporting that uh, the Falcons are going to have a strong interest in Justin Forsett. Of course, Forsett had that big year in the Gary Kubiak-led offense of the Baltimore Ravens. He does turn 30 in October. Um, Steven Jackson, probably going to be gone in Atlanta. So really, they have Anton Smith. He should retire. He probably should. Uh, They have Anton Smith, Devontae Freeman, and not much else. So Forsett in Atlanta, Dave, if he does sign there, I think that's intriguing. Kyle Shanahan, the offensive coordinator, leading a very similar offense to what Forsett succeeded in in Baltimore last year. You have Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, Roddy White, uh, Harry Douglas, a lot of weapons there. I think that could be a pretty good landing spot for Justin Forsett. I, I really like that whole idea of that because, I mean, the Atlanta's still trying to kind of win now. They don't they don't need to overinvest in running back. Freeman, I mean, he's undersized and, un, and didn't have that much speed or that much agility. Right. I mean, like for what his size and speed, you know, for his speed and agility, he should be 225 and he's 205. Right. So, and not were, I'm, not, I'm not very excited about Freeman. Sorry. Hey, by the way, Maselli's, if you're listening, you just traded for Freeman. I apologize. <laughs> we have an email coming up after. <laughs> oh, oh, great. Um, and there was to think there were some uh, fantasy football experts out there that may host podcasts that you listen to that are not this one that paid more than $50 to have Devontae Freeman on their roster last 50. year. More than 50. Woo. Yep. Woo. I mean, hey, you know what? He looked all right in limited carries. Yes, but yes. no, no, no. He looked all, all right. right. Yeah, he looked all right. Mike Silver on Twitter says that uh, Todd Gurley, the running back from Georgia, refused to allow doctors to examine his surgically repaired knee at the combine. He tore the ACL in November. Uh, per Mike Silver, it's considered highly unusual, if not unprecedented, for a player to refuse his com- uh, combine physical. Uh, the NFL is not going to get full medical information on Gurley until uh, closer to the draft. We don't know why Gurley uh, declined the exam, but I do know that there was a report of a, I think it was a tight end who got his surgically repaired ankle checked out by doctors and they actually injured, re-injured the ankle. Yeah. So maybe that had something to do with yeah, it. They're all pressing and prodding on it. They're doing their Fred Flintstone thing with the stone to, right on the knee. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and then it shoots up. Yeah. It's like, damn, don't, don't touch it. <laughs> to me, I think the weirder thing would be, why are these guys who are coming off injuries letting these doctors pull and you know? Yeah, I think can that's you totally imagine? I'm just an intelligent like thing. Some some like trainer just ranking on that ankle. Yeah. What about this? Does this hurt? Does this hurt when I do this? Yeah, it hurts. I had it three months ago. You moron. Yeah, I, I just I don't. I, I don't. Did you see that there was another report after that said that he will get it checked out like in about a month or so back in Minneapolis. So whatever, it's all good. Said he's not going to run at the combine. I think he did some drills uh, at the combine. He's coming along. I know that you bench at least. I think I might be coming around in the whole Gurley versus Gordon argument now. Yeah, there was a poll on football guys, which I was telling you about. Right. um, No, the football guys crowd is more of a Gurley crowd because I think, um, you know, they're kind of led by Sigmund Bloom, Cecil Lammy, and some of the message board people. 
who love Gurley. They've loved him for a long time. Right. And Gordon's kind of a late comer to the equation. So they, like the voting was heavily in Gurley's favor as a one-on-one pick in dynasty. Right. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Um, so we'll have to see. I mean, I'm, I might be making a move in Carrington. <laughs> you have the 104. No, I have the 104. No one cares, but you have the 104. I have the 104, but I have, I have the 103, which I traded for. Right. I, I took the... second in the league last year. That's true. Allow me to remind you. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. I uh, have the 104 plus two first rounders and three second rounders. So yeah, you, you got a lot. And of, I need I need running back. You got some ammo. The the real problem isn't moving up. Yeah. It's, it's having the people with the one or the two picks to respond to the trade offer. That's the <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a great point that's the problem i might have to literally go door to door yeah, te- yeah texting you know, sending over like, hey, is uh andy here <laughs> casey around i got a, i got an offer got in a, my inbox. Uh, no it's just a fantasy football thing i just need to <laughs> talk to him about espn wisconsin reports that packers coach mike mccarthy says he thinks second year wide receiver jeff janice is going to take a big step in 2015 i'm going to read the full quote obviously i think we all saw his vertical speed He's an extremely physical young man. He's an Olympian in the weight room. He's got a lot of raw skill, and I look for him to make that jump. Obviously, Jeff Janis had really good, and I'm, I stopped the quote. Obviously, Jeff Janis had really good measurables last year uh, coming out of Saginaw Valley, Saginaw Valley State. The Packers did take him in the seventh round. Now, I think the interesting thing to bring up here is Randall Cobb's a free agent. Uh, every day that you know, I'm not hearing positive news about him coming back to Green Bay, I think it's more and more likely he leaves. And if he leaves, then you're looking at the Packers receivers next year of Jordy Nelson, Devontae Adams, of course, Jared Aberderis, who the Packers drafted last year, and Jeff Janis. And then you still have Jared Boykin kind of floating around out there. So if Jeff Janis uh, is being talked up by McCarthy now and Cobb's gone, don't wait for Cobb to be signed. I mean, if you have, well, you probably don't have open waivers now, but I think Jeff Janis is a guy that everybody should have him rostered in all dynasty leagues right now. I agree with that, Balky. Actually, I mean, he really he, incredible. Like you said, Olympia in the in the weight room. He had incredible metrics, and he was super raw coming out. Uh, he's someone you got to keep an eye on. I mean, the third wide receiver in the Packers' offense is super valuable. So even if Cobb leaves, let's say Adams moves to the number two role, if Janice is playing somewhat, you know, even the th- three wide receiver sets, I don't know who's going to play the slot, but I mean, whenever they, however they do it, he could be really some, someone to look out for. Yeah, they don't have a and you know, Jordy's getting old. Yeah, he's 31, 32, I want to say. Um, and I'll tell you what, he signed that 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 uh, big extension a couple of years ago, or was it last year? When that expires, Ted Thompson ain't resigning him, people. He is probably going to be a Viking after that, if history is any guide. <laughs> hey, go, go over there. Well, no, seriously, I mean, the, the um, who was the guy that the Packers, Brandon Bostic, the Packers just cut? Signed, claimed off waivers by, you yeah. guessed it, the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, and Charles Johnson, but it took a while. Yeah, and it, he had to go to a different team first. <laughs> Uh, let's sort, sort of a team. Let's sort of a team. Let's move on. And we have an email that I want to read tonight. And this is from our good buddy, Drew Maselli, uh, out in the uh, Bay area of California. I was just listening. I was just out listening to last night's podcast just yesterday. Josh, of course, his son, Josh own, uh, they co-own a, a bunch of dynasty and redraft teams in the FFPC. Just yesterday, Josh and I made a couple of trades in one of our dynasty leagues to tell the truth. I was a little worried about it for some reason, but felt it was the best way to move forward with that team. Then listening to you guys trash virtually every player and draft pick move we made saying how dumb it would be has made me feel so much better. I want to thank you both because now I am sure we made the correct moves. That's Drew Maselli. I, you know, I, I, and I feel like I thought I responded to him and I said, oh, you know, who specifically were we talking about? But maybe I didn't because when I printed off the email, I didn't have a little reply arrow by it. Right. So maybe I didn't. But I, it's interesting that we... Um, we're helping people make up their minds or at least reinforce their choices in a good way indirectly. Yeah. By the opposite of our choices. Right. You know, Ron Meyer had a whole fantasy season that he lived off of our uh, choices and went the other way. Huh? Well, he didn't always because <laughs> I mean, sometimes we would take opposite, you know, we would go the opposite way of each other and he had to go, you know, he had a lot of tough roster. He had a lot of tough starting lineup decisions to give, uh, to give ourselves a little bit of a break. It's true. Let's uh, move and then, on. And you, plus you always got to preview them. And I had to look at them in like, Alright, you don't have to make your excuses. That's my excuse, Bucky. We have 10 minutes left in the show. It's not going to be a whole lot of time we can spend with receivers, but to me, this is kind of straightforward. And when we talk about how the receivers finished in 2014 last year. So let's take a look back by looking forward. Dave, it's a top heavy list. Who's your number one receiver? 
coming into 2015 for redraft leagues. You know what's funny? I was actually thinking about that. And I, the other last week, I was talking, we were talking about Antonio Brown and Des Bryant. I think I'm going a third direction. I'm Antonio I'm, Bryant. <laughs> <laughs> Doriel Green Beckham. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, um, no, no, you're going to go. Um, don't tell me. You're going to go Beckham. No. You are going to go. I don't know. I get, I give up. Julio Jones is my number. Oh, that's interesting. You, you know, the Draft Sharks guys just came out with Jared Smola, of course, friend of the show, just came out with their way too early rankings and his number one receiver overall, Julio Jones. Yeah, Julio only had six touchdowns last year, over 100 catches. He's got the size, the speed. He, you know, Roddy White is not, he's fading. He's going to fade probably just a tad bit more. He's getting a little bit older. I think Julio comes in and dominates, has a 10, 12 touchdown season. I think this is his year. Premium user and I went to a, uh, Packers Monday night game against the Falcons this past year. And that was the game. If you remember Julio Jones absolutely just shredded the Packers secondary had like 200 plus receiving yards. The Packers barely held on one. And I feel like I unfairly penalize Julio for that game. Cause I feel like, Oh, he just does it against these crappy secondaries, you know, <laughs> and the Packers secondary was playing really bad that let night. Me but, you, let me give you Julio stats quick. It's, all right. He had 104 catches for 1,593 yards, 15.3 yards uh, per catch average. And six touchdowns. Doesn't that seem just very fluky on the line? Yeah, the touchdowns, touchdowns are always fluky. Especially yeah. given his size. I mean, he's unless he's turning into the next Andre Johnson, who is 6'5", 235, and amazingly can't do anything in the red zone. Yeah. I think Julio can't. Isn't it interesting that we we dislike volume running backs, but we love volume receivers? <laughs> is how, how, you know, isn't that weird how that works? Yeah, I agree. Uh, so anyway, that's, your number one is Julio Jones. My number one right now... <sighs> You know, it, this is so unlike me. No, you know what? It's unlike me because I won't say it. I'm still going Antonio Brown as my number one receiver as of right now going into next year. All right. Dave, let's look at if if we look at this list here, obviously Antonio Brown, Demaris Thomas, Jordy Nelson, Des Bryant are the top four. Number five, bit of a surprise, Emmanuel Sanders. If Peyton Manning comes back this year, and it sounds like he will, where are you drafting Emmanuel Sanders this year? You know what? You know, Julie, oh, Julius. Um, Tom, no. Julius Thomas, you know, he, he obviously where he goes is important. Right. Um, but I, I like Sanders. I mean, I didn't really like him going to last correct. Year. I yep. made a mistake. Sorry. Well, it's not a mistake. It's just, um, well, I guess it is, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I think even if, even if, would uh, you take him in the second round of if, an FFPC draft as yeah. your number one receiver? I wouldn't feel comfortable doing that. Okay. Maybe the third. I don't, know, I don't know where he's going right he's now. He's the number five receiver last year. No, I know, but he's not being drafted. With before. Julius Thomas, by the way. Well, I mean, you know, Peyton Manning didn't look so so hot late. So. Yeah, he had, a, he had a tweak in his back. Yeah, he dinged up thigh. We all get that. <laughs> I got one right now. Do you? No, but I mean, I could. Yeah. You know? So, I don't know. I You know, I look at Sanders. I think, I again, I think we're entering 2015 in a little bit of the same area we entered 2014 with me liking him better. I'm actually trying to trade him in Carrington right now in my dynasty league really? because I think his value, especially if Julius Thomas leaves, I think that that's the time that you strike while the iron's hot on him. You got Cody Latimer coming up. Yeah. You got Manning could be his last year. And then you get Brock Osweiler slinging the ball all yeah. over the no field idea. in 2016. No idea what's going to happen. Right. What do you want for him? That's my pitch, by the way. Yeah. Look, this guy's going to be crap in two years. So I'm really I have someone I want to talk about. Okay, let's talk about him. Jeremy Macklin, the number nine wide receiver. And I want to mention him because in the I see all the trade notification emails come through for right. FPC. Yep. And Macklin's been he's been moved a lot. Well, he's a free agent right now. I know, but I, mean, I get that. But I mean, he's really his value is all over the place. Well, because it's just it just I mean, you don't know where he's going to go. But some people probably think they have a good handle on yeah, it, and that's yeah. why he's being. You know what I mean? It just yeah. takes one guy in the league. But that's a great point because if he's in Philly again next year. He's already shown that it didn't matter who was throwing him the football. Right. He's he's. I mean, I would never say he's talented enough to be quarterback proof, but he sort of is in that offense. In so, that offense, he is. Yeah. I mean, if he stay now, here's the thing: maybe people are just like, "Oh, they drafted Jordan Matthews in the first round last year. It's going to be Jordan Matthews, and, and they're just going to move on from Macklin. They're not going to pay him." And then all of a sudden, in a dip, like, what if he goes to San Francisco? <laughs> I mean, can you imagine that? What if Crabtree goes to the Eagles and Macklin goes to the Niners? How yeah. terrible would that be for Macklin? Yeah, that would suck. Yeah. Let's talk about some aging receivers that actually had some pretty good 2014s, Dave. And I want to speaking of San Francisco. Yeah. Steve Smith, the icon, Anquan Bolden and Roddy White. Uh, Smith finishing at 18th, Bolden 19th, and Roddy White 21st. So they were all number two receivers. Who's most likely to drop off of those three in 2015 between Smith, Bolden, and uh, Roddy? 
I hate to say it, but icon Steve Smith. He did, stinks, he, right? He, he he was really strong early, and he was really poor late. And if you owned him, you were happy early, and you were really not happy late. Tory Smith is a free agent, though. So if he's gone, Steve Smith or Tory? Tory Smith is yeah, Tory. Yeah, right. I got you. So. Yeah. So if if he moves on, well, then I guess they probably sign somebody like Macklin, or hopefully for their sake. Yeah. I mean, Smith is not Steve Smith. I mean, he's really getting to that age point where, and he's more of a speed receiver. Unlike Bolin, Bolin's a he's a power receiver. You see him make those plays, and he's like. He just goes in there and rawr, and he right. just, just makes the play, and he does it. And so he doesn't really need the speed as much as Steve Smith does. Roddy White, I think, could have a nice bounce back year. Bolden, he's ageless. Whatever he did last year, put it on the board for that this year because <laughs> that's what he's going to do. I mean, it's amazing. I mean, like we were talking about Bolden, he was the number 50-something receiver drafted this year coming coming into 2014-2015 season. And, uh, you know, he totally exceeded it yet again. I'm, I'll, I'll draft him again. I'll keep drafting Bolden until he – he's the new Heinz Ward, man. That's my thing. Let me throw you a tough question. The 22 on this list, Brandon LaFell, what in God's name are you doing with him next year? Because I have no idea. I can't in good conscience feel good about drafting LaFell, but he finished as a number two receiver last year. Are the, is he under contract? I Do believe you know? so. I mean, if he's under contract, you got to consider him. Would you take him in the sixth round of an FFPC draft? If, you know, if all other things in New England stayed kind of the same, I might. I oh, might my God. I couldn't do it. I can't do it, people. It's Brandon freaking LaFell. Let's move on. He had, Talk. Dude, he had two zero games to start this. Okay, weeks one, two, and three, he had a zero, zero, and 8.6. They made a big week. Then right. he had three. You know, so it's like you know, in, in, inconsistent. But then after week six, when they kind of knew what they had, he was pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about another LSU receiver, and that's Jarvis Landry, Dave. He finished uh, as the number 30 receiver last year. Really came on towards the end of the season. I think uh, he's he's more of like a low-end wide receiver, too. If you like stacking receivers like I do, I'd feel all right with Jarvis Landry as my three in 2015. You know, Landry actually in Dynasty Trades has been commanding pretty decent value because they were – they he was he started very slow as well. He really didn't get used much until like week nine, and then he was actually very stable and very strong the whole rest of the season. I actually saw him get traded. It was almost a straight-up trade with Macklin. So it was actually very similar, and people were – you know, kind of going back and forth about who was the better better pick there. And, uh, you know, it's still not even known. I did notice a lot of the guests we had on towards the end of the season last year did have a lot of Jarvis Landry uh, exposure on their teams. And a lot of them who didn't talked about how good he was going to be. So I think that is definitely if you want to take advice from high stakes guys who are winning a lot of money, Jarvis Landry's got to pay attention to. I have a question for you, Balk. You, um, yeah. we got a few minutes left. Keenan Allen, he finished his WR 36. He was better as a rookie. So, I mean, what do you think about his prospects going forward? I mean, he had a lot of like, – he was really crap, really crappy early on. Had one good game. Yep. And then he had some really strong games. And then he looked like he got dinged up in weeks 15, 16, missed uh, mixed 16, 17. It was really poor in 14 to 15. Well, I'm so glad two Packers listening because he's a big Chargers fan. And, and to me, I think I'm a little bit higher on Keenan Allen than a lot of other people. I, I hear a lot of people just all the offseason stuff with Allen has just been so down and just not really positive at all. Philip Rivers had a great season last year. Keenan yeah. Allen's a super talented receiver. I think that he should be another – he won't be a, uh, a number one receiver this year, but as a number two, I'd be totally fine with – I think he puts up those kind of numbers in 2015. I think so. I mean, you know, it doesn't. it's not that big of a jump from 179 fantasy points into the 219 you know, category to be a number two. It's not that far. No. He, he missed a couple of games. He had some bad games. I think I actually like Keenan Allen. Plus, Gates is a year older, and right. Darius Green, who knows what he's doing. Yeah, so. it's and Eddie Royal is really the only other guy that you're Eddie, battling there. The touchdown vulture, Eddie Royal. Yeah, the touchdown vulture. Wait, how many Royal. touchdowns did he have last year? Like 10? I don't know. It was at least 22. Yeah, Eddie Royal. It's just crazy. Uh, that is going to do it for <laughs> our look get at him the, for free. You totally could get him for free. That's going to do it for our look at receivers uh, this uh, this past year. Hope you enjoyed it. And that's going to do it for our show, ladies and gentlemen. A couple of notes uh, coming up next week. Again, as Dave spoiled during the show, I, I won't be on next week, but you'll have a treat. Uh, sp uh, finish off Black History Month. And uh, because we had technical dif difficulties bringing him on last week, Corey Parson from SiriusXM, the Roto Experts uh, in the Morning Show. Going to co-host the show with Dave, so you'll have Thank God. an this hour, will help. an hour of Corey Parson and Dave Gerzak next week. Uh, next week, I want to thank Jason Khan, Bose, Papa John's, uh, FedEx, FFPC, our producer, mutual friend Rob, of course, audio engineer Bryce, and most importantly, all of our listeners. Great weekend of combine action. If you got nothing else going on, flip it on the NFL Network. You get backs and receivers working out tomorrow. Check out their 40s and their measurables. That'll be entertaining, if not informative. And, of course, your NFL Combine weekend officially starts now.
This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. Freedom of death, we got to fight the power.